0: This Torah class is brought to you by torahanytime.com. Okay, this week, this week's part, well, tonight, happy Rosh Chodesh, everybody. Yeah. Rosh Chodesh, Kislev, Chanukah, right? Uh, we just got out of Mar Cheshrin, the bitter Chesrin, and now we're going into Kislev. It's good Chodesh. Mm-hmm. Huh? It was very bitter. Pittsburgh was bitter. All right, Rosh Hashem, we're, we're now in Rosh Chodesh, Kislev. And, um, this week's pashas, pashas told us, there's no way I could get in one hour what I need to say, but we'll do the best that we can. told us Yitzchak about Avram, and these are the children of Yitzchak ben Avram, which is going to be Yaakov and Esau. Avram hailed is Yitzchak, Avram gave birth to Yitzchak, very repetitive. It says, these are the children of Yitzchak, the son of Avram, and guess what, you know who gave birth to Avram. Who gave birth to Yitzchak? Avram. Avram. You just repeat. You just said that. Why are you saying it again? Right. Um, You know Rashi. You went to a good school. You went to a good school. So she said like this. She said, "We'll read Rashi." Why? We know already. So why do it have to say Avram? The clowns, the comedians of the generation said. May Abi from nis Abra Sarah. From Avimelech came Sarah. She was married to Abram for 90 years and they didn't have children. Oh, one night without, with Abimelech, all of a sudden she gets pregnant. Must be. That is Abimelech's child. Okay, they made a joke, they, 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 that's what they said. So what Hashem do? Hashem made Yitzchak look exactly like Avram. I call Avram and therefore nobody had a choice. Everybody had to say, "Listen, he looks exactly like his father." So it means Avram HaYelis Yitzchak. Right? You know the answer, but this is so hard to understand. There's a bomb question, bomb, bomb question on this Rashi. So one second. What, a, what are the Lutsani had door, What are they saying? They're saying that, look, wrong was married to Sarah for 90 years. She never got pregnant. Then, Abimelech steals her for one night and she gets pregnant. Must be that it's Abimelech's child. She has to make a miracle. It has to look exactly alike. Is <coughs> so uh, she nursed him? She showed everyone that she's a Sarah nurse. Yeah, that was, that was, they didn't adopt him. But, the the bomb question, girls, the bomb question. One second, who couldn't have children? At this point, Avram already had a child, Yishmal. So, were they saying that that, that Avram was married to Sarah they didn't have children? Must be that the child came from Avram. Avram had children, he had, he had It Wasn't Avram's problem having children, it was Sarah's problem having children. So what was the Haddor saying? They must be Abimelech's child, because Abram lived 90 years with her and she didn't have children, and now she has a child. Must be Abimelech. What are you talking about? Abram had children. He could have children. Sarah wasn't the one that couldn't have children. So what does Abimelech have to do with it? So so we learn from this that way before Trump, fake news. was fake news. They came out with Sani was fake news. They came out, and they said a whole thing that couldn't be true. It didn't make any sense. What you're saying? Sorrow is the akara, not Avram. Avram had Yishmael. Avram had children. So what's going on over here? The, the answer is because Yishmael was 13 years older than Yitzhak. The answer is that once they put out a, once they put out something, it doesn't have to be true. It just festers and it festers and it festers and it festers. Okay. Um, the whole the whole thing. Was just a litzanei hadar thing. It was just a litzanei hadar. Thing, but Hashem felt that He had to make a miracle because Avram was a big tzadik. And so say He didn't want people saying a bad rumor, even though it wasn't true. If they would have started that rumor, I would have gotten up and if I lived in that time, I'd say, "This is ridiculous what you're saying." He could have children. It was Sarah that couldn't have children. So what does mean have to do with it, right? I would I would have blown the whole thing up. So why Hashem might have to make a miracle? Because the answer is because once it comes out. Once the dirt comes out, once you once you lie about someone, even though you take it back, once it's out, you, it, it, it just spreads, and it spreads, and it spreads, and everybody was laughing, like, that's not his son, that's the milk son. What are you talking about, if you really think about it? That's Lutzanei Hadar. That's the Kayach of Lutzanei Hadar. So Hashem had to make a miracle that they looked exactly alike. Okay. Now the puzzle goes on. he Yitzchak ben Abam Shana. Yitzchak was 40 years old. Bekachta is Rivka. When he took Rivka, Bas Basuel, the daughter of Basuel, Harami, the crook, Mipadam Aram, from the worst lowlife, life um, city, Achoys Lovan, she was the sister of Lovan, of, of Lovan, the lowlife, Harami, also a, a, a cheater and a lawyer, Laila Isha. Ladies, is, is that, is that nice? We're talking about Rivka. Like, you have to describe her in this way. You know who Rivka was? Bas Basuel, a the lowest guy, a crook, came from a terrible town, her brother's a crook. You're talking about Rifka today, What are you doing now? Why don't you just say? ben but, but is Rifka. He was forty years old when he married Rifka. What's this whole business of of bad mouthing her, of saying all these terrible things about her? So- okay, that's one answer. Very good, Ruth. Very good. It's to say, you know where she came from? This was her brother, this was her town, this was her father, and she was still still came out unbelievable. But if we were doing like a shidduch resume, I don't think we'd write that um, her brother's sitting in jail for murder, her father is sitting in 50 years for something else, and she comes from the slums of who knows what. I mean, you know, a, right, but that wasn't, they didn't have, there were a lot of money, Yitzhak was a lot of money, Yitzhak and Avram was a lot of money. So it's a little bit schwer to understand what's going on over here. Why are we saying this? Okay, we we'll have an amazing answer tonight. Last week's share, by the way, got a lot of compliment. with it. It, it, it all tied in together. Tonight's going to also talk. Okay, so it goes on with the story. This is the hardest puzzle to understand this week's parsha. So Yitzchok went to Davin opposite his wife. So according to some of fortune, one was on one end of the of the roof, and the other one was praying on the other end of the roof. Who really cares? Anyone in this room care where they were standing? No. So like what what? The Torah is going to tell us, what? Ah, oh, but they're on different sides of the roof. Okay? Kiakarihi, Because she couldn't have children. Hashem listened to him. She became pregnant. Now, I said this last year, I don't know if you remember. Imagine a husband and a wife come to a big Rebbe. And they don't have children for a long time. And the Rebbe says, listen. On Hanukkah, the last day of Hanukkah is very, very holy. You two say the whole Tehillim, right? And if you both say the whole Tehillim, your mama's going to have a baby this year. They come out of the Rebbe. They're like, "Wow, the Rebbe's going we have a baby!" And comes the Hanukkah, and each one is on the davening in the house and crying and saying each capital Tehillim. is taking f- four hours, and she gets pregnant, and she gives birth, and there's a bris. And the Rebbe's is the sandeg and they're like amazing. And after the bris, the two of them come to the Rebbe. are like, Rebbe, thank you for that advice. Thank you for that bracha. And she's like, it's amazing. I have a child. I can't take, you know. if He looks at the woman. He says, that has nothing to do with you. Hashem didn't listen to a word you said. Hashem listened to your husband. He's a tzaddik. Tzaddik ben tzaddik. You? You're a tzaddik ben Russia. Your father's a low life. He didn't listen to a word you said. Do you know any Rebbe that would say, I don't know any Rebbe that would say that. Like, why would you do that? Let her, th- even, even if you knew in Ruach kodesh that Hashem listened to him, cause not, you would never tell her that. You'd say, you both davened so great! It's amazing! You would never tell a woman that prayed her heart out to have a child, by the way, Hashem didn't listen to you, he listened to him. Pusik says here, they both davened, and Hashem listened to, to him, not to her. Why would you why would you say that in the Torah? Why would you hurt her feelings? Why would you tell everyone that? This is the question you need to ask Friday night at the table. I promise you no one's gonna give you an answer. I promise you, but it's a bomb question. Like, what are you doing? Just Hashem say. And Hashem listened and, and they listened to both of them. It seems to be that we need to know that Hashem listened to him, not her. Okay? Then it's all connected. The next part six says. But to So, well, yeah, since you're a little girl, you know the story. They went past the church, baby tried to get out. They went past the shul, baby tried to get out. I changed it now. I updated it in my shirim. They went past an apple store, baby tried to get out. Okay, whatever. Then um, they went past the yeshiva, and the baby tried to get out, right? So, she was like, what's going on over here? What's with this kid? He's wishy-washy, right? By time came, lama z'anaychi. If that's the case, why is this happening to me? Does anyone in this room, when, you, when you're taught how to deal with accepting Yisurim and pain, do you ever ask the question, why me? Is that someone that has a muna? Does the person say, why me? Why am I going through this? Why me? Why not someone else? We're not supposed to have that. Do you think Rivka didn't have a Muna? She's asking Lama I why me? Why am I in so much pain? That every time, you know, one way or the other way? So what's this question she's asking? So where do you go when you don't know why you? Not when you don't know why. When you don't know why it's happening to you. She went to Yeshiva to find out what's going on. But the word Lidrosh is a weird word to be used here. Lidrosh is a Drusha. She went to ask a question. What's the Lidrosh Es Hashem? We're going to answer this all with one answer, which I think is very important in all our lives. So, there was a big argument between Yitzchak and Rivka. Yitzchak said, that whatever child I have, he should either be good or bad to the bone. Don't want a wishy-washy kid. I want someone who's either a tzaddik or a rasha, because a rasha, if he knows he's a rasha, right, he can become a tzaddik. The worst thing that a person can do is when you make mitzvahs averus and averus mitzvahs. When you, the worst word, the worst, the, the most powerful word that the Yezhahara has, is rationalization. When you start to rationalize the things you're doing wrong, eh, I have a reason why I'm doing it. Eh, it's okay. Uh, Yitzchak came from Avraham. Avraham was very straight. Avraham was not wishy-washy. Avraham said in last week's Pasha to Eliezer, when you get a shidduch for my son, do not take that person, that girl from knani Now, Avraham had a big yeshiva. Right, we said He had a big yeshiva of a lot of guys with Kailalim. He had a Beis Yaakov and a Beis Yaakov seminary intensive in Haran. Why wouldn't he want the valedictorian for his son Yitzchak? Why was he sending Eliezer to his low life cousin Lavan and Basuel? Because Avraham Avinu knew how he made them into gerim. He gave them food. He gave them money. He gave them housing. He bought them. All canada. And he said right now they're in yeshiva. But if someone comes along who serves everybody to Zorah and gives them more money they're going to go to him. They're wishy-washy people. But, but Lavan and Basuel, there's such hatred. They're straight Rasham. You can't buy them. You can't change them. They're real Risham. If you could find a good girl that has that personality, that she's solid, except instead of being bad, she's solid good, that's what I want. And that's what Avram wanted. And therefore, that's how Yitzhak was brought up. Know what's good, know what's bad. Don't make bad things into good, because then you'll never change. So they went to find Rivka. Now, the Pasuk is explaining to us the argument. He was Yitzhak. Yitzhak was, either you're bad or you're good. You're not, you're not, you're not gray. You're white or you're black. And he married Rivka. And Rivka came from the same family. And that's why the, the is telling us she was Bas Basuel. You couldn't buy him. He was a lowlife. She was a chos loved one. You couldn't buy her. You couldn't buy love one. He was a lowlife. And you know where she came from? Padamarom. That whole city. You couldn't change them. Like sedaim. And therefore, the is Rifka. He took Rivka specifically because she came from a place that did no rationalization. Okay? Now, Yitzhak Davin for a child. He said, Hashem, give me a child. If he's good, solid good. If he's bad, solid bad. I don't want wishy-washy. Rivka said, listen, I don't want a child that's a Russia. I'd rather have a chatsi a Russia. Sometimes he's good, sometimes he's bad. I don't want a child that's totally bad. And the Torah tells us that Hashem listened to who? Okay. To Yitzchak. And she knew that, Baruch Kodesh. She knew that Hashem listened to Yitzchak. So now she goes past the church, and the kid, she didn't know she had twins, kids trying to get out. And she goes past the yeshiva, kids trying to get out. So she said, I don't understand Hashem. Why did you pick me? The reason I was picked is not to be a wishy-washy. But now I have a kid that's wishy-washy. But you just said in the Torah, through HaKodesh, that you listen to Yitzchak. So if you listen to Yitzchak, then my kid is either bad or good. But this kid that I have, he doesn't know what he's doing. He wants to go to church, he wants to go to the movies, and then he wants to go learn yeshiva. So, so I don't understand, Hashem, why are you listening to me. You said you're listening to him. Like Yetta, you listen to, to Yitzchak's prayer. You didn't listen to my prayer. So she didn't understand what's going on. So she said, Why me? For a kid that's like this, you could have had a kanani. She said, I don't understand. I need a Drusha here. I don't understand. What you're saying, Hashem, you listen to Yitzhak. Yitzchak wanted a kid that's either down, bad to the bone or very good. And now you gave me a wishy washy kid. I, I What's the drush? I don't understand what's going on over here. It wasn't pain. It wasn't about the pain. Why did he so just ask for good? What? Why did he just ask for Because he knew there's this Bechira. So he said, whatever, whatever the child and he felt that if the kid's bad, I can flip him. Because we know that if someone hates Hashem, at least you believe in Hashem, you have, a, you have an emotion. So the more that Rabbi Akiva hated Chachamim, he hated Tamid Chachamim, he became Rabbi Akiva because, because his wife flipped him. Hate is a very strong emotion. If you could turn that emotion, it's more than love. If someone you take someone from hate to love, forget about it. He's unbelievable. So he said, "Okay, you give me. A, I'll take care of it, but don't give me some kid that's like, you know, doesn't he's all mixed up." So and Hashem listened to him. She said, "I don't think you didn't listen to him. I have this kid that doesn't know what he's doing." Ah, uh, so she went to Shane Avi, and they said, "No, Hashem listened to him. You got two kids. One is solidly good, and one is solidly bad. They're not mixed up." If it was one kid, wait, what are you doing? you go to church and go to yeshiva? But if it's two kids, one was very bad, one was very good. So Hashem Taka did listen to Yisra We see from here that <coughs> to rationalize is like one of the worst things a person can do. Because once you rationalize when you do something wrong, you don't do tshuva on it. You make it into something good. I have heard the craziest rationalizations from people that were doing the biggest averis. And they came out that they were tzaddik. Tzaddik. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. That's called rationalization. Yeah, I had to, I had to, I had to tell, you know, this, they asked me a shit a question. I had to tell that she was, you know, she did bad things when she was young. I said, did they ask you if she did bad things when they were young? Or they just asked you for information. Did they ask you specifically? No, but I had to tell them. It's like a mitzvah. Cause that's for shalom they're going to find out later. I'm like, nah, you're just jealous. You don't tell bad things about people because it's a mitzvah. you it into a mitzvah, so then you're never going to do tshuva. You're never, you're gonna, you don't feel bad about it. You walk around that. what are you talking about? I'm a tzaddik. So a lot of people do very bad things and they walk around thinking they're, they're, they're a tzaddik. When you rationalize something, forget about it. You're never going to do tzaddik. So do rationalize. That's why Hashem had to destroy them. They rationalize that a person who's collecting stucca doesn't accept what Hashem made him poor. So they cut his hands off. Because why are you collecting stuck? You're against Hashem. They rationalized everything. So they did that. Ba- Abraham Marino said they're never going to do tshuva. But Hashem destroyed the world because they were taking little, little grapes that were worth it less than a penny. They said, that's not stealing. I, I can't even repeat the stuff that I've heard. I can't even repeat it because I'm, 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 I'm on video. People who did sick averias, and they sat in front of me, and they, and they, 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 sounded, they sounded crazy. And they're like, no, you don't understand. Hashem wanted it, otherwise this wouldn't have happened. Da, da, da. I'm like, what are you talking about? You did it on You chose to do this on Vera. What are you blaming Hashem? No, it's his plan. It's his this, his that. He's my bashat. I said, you're married to your bashat. What are you, what's going on? What are you doing? You crazy? No. My look, I'm re- working in the same office. He put me and her, m- me and him next to each other. Why do you think we're next to each other? It must be Menasheim. Menasheim did gilai roya. She did adultery. He did the biggest avera in the world. Hashem put you. That, that's what you think? Yeah. Otherwise, we would have never met. And I could feel he's my soulmate. My husband is not my soulmate. I'm listening to this woman. I'm like, you just committed. You committed the biggest avera. And she's like, it's a Because It's what Hashem wanted. i was like, you're out of your mind. People can take the worst stuff and make it into mitzvahs yeah of course you believe it that 's the, the power of Satan. Of course you believe it She believed it i've heard, I've heard other stuff like that of course, you could what do you mean i stole what do you mean i stole It's, it's it's, it's, from, it's, it's the government 's money and and they and they give money to bad people you know that don 't work and stuff like that and what are you talking about you're a god of... no you don 't understand yes i 'll tell you straight sure, it sure happened to my father straight sure happened to my father before I was teaching and speaking and all this other stuff. Father hired a guy, and the guy went ahead and took checks from the company, and he had my he had my father's signature from all the other checks, and he counterfeited tens of thousands of dollars of checks that, and he cashed them, got from the money to the bank, and we caught him. And my father said, "You worked for me, and you 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 did this?" He said, "I wasn't really the counterfeiter; my friend did it." Whatever. It's like whatever, ridiculous. So my father said, I understand. How could you steal from me? I promise, this is a true story. He said, Mr. Wallstein, I didn't steal from you. He said, what do you mean? He said, the, the signature is not exactly yours. Don't worry. When you go to the bank and you complain, they're going to put the money back in your account. So I stole the money from the bank. You know how much money the bank has? They rip people off. They take interest. I'm like, you're, you're my father said, you're a godmother. F- he says, no, I didn't take you were going to get your money. And my father got his money back. It's counterfeit checks. They shouldn't have put it through. He got his money back. So this guy walked away and said, I didn't steal. I stole from the bank. They got millions of dollars. They don't care. They have insurance, what he said. They have insurance. So I can, go your, I can go to your house, steal your stuff. I know you have insurance. You're going to get money from the insurance company. So what I steal from the insurance company, ah, they're on the stock market. They have so much money. People can steal, commit adultery, do Kill people, you can do it, and they can make it, they can rationalize it. Yitzchok said, I don't want such a child. I don't, I don't want a wishy-washy guy. I don't want mixture of good and bad. What's mixture of good and bad? You do something bad, and you make it into something good. And then some people do things that are good, and then they later on they said, nah, it was a terrible thing I did. It was a terrible thing. What are you, you You did a big mitzvah? nah, that was a terrible thing. We, we rationalize so much. And this is what was going on over here. And she, she didn't understand what was going on. She said, like, like, you picked me because I come from, and that's why the Pussy says, I come from Lovon. I come from Suel. I come from a town. No one there could you buy, could you change. They're bad to the bone. So like, what's up with this kid? It wasn't a kid. It was two kids. And they were, one was bad to the bone and one was a big tally. And Yaakov Avina was MS. And Asaph was MS. Asaph was a lowlife. Murdering lowlife. He did five, on the day that Abram died. He didn't make believe he was good. When he met Yaakov, he bit his neck. His teeth cracked. He bit his brother's neck. He was going to, like a vampire. He was going to rip his throat out. It was only good about Esau? He didn't play Mr. Nice Guy. That was between him and his father. He was very good. Esau was on a, on a different level. ASA was bigger than Yaakov, it says. If Asa would have flipped like his father wanted him to, he would... He, Gomorrah Gemara says, when Mashiach comes, there's four seats. On the, on the, by the Suda Mashiach, there's four seats. There were, there were really supposed to be four Avos. Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Esau. And there's four Imahos. Esau was supposed to marry Leah. And Esau comes, when Mashiach comes for his seat, he says, this is my chair. I want to sit down in my chair. Of course, they don't let him sit down in his chair. He's big Russia. He was Rome. He destroyed the base of Migdash. So the Gemara says that he says, to Hashem, or to whoever, the Bethlehem, Shemaile, so, he says, what are you talking about? I made the bathhouses that the Jews went into. I made the bridges, right, in Rome that the Jews went over. I paved the roads. So Hashem said, for who did you do that? For the Jews or for you? You did it for you. So in the end, he doesn't get that seat. But he was, he was, nobody. He yeah, was, yeah, sure, his head was buried in the Maras of yeah. You never went to Maras of Pela? You never that. saw his head? Oh. You didn't see that, that room with the head in it? I'm kidding, there's no room with the head in it. Oh, but his head is there. Was look his, it. No, don't look for why. What are, we, what are you, you going to do there? You're going to pray to him, that's for sure. His head rolled in. What's his name? Um, he, he, we're going to talk about it tonight. Why he cut off his head. I I mean, what? He was deaf, so, so stab him. He cut off his head because he, he thought that Aesop was saying bad things because he couldn't hear. But he chopped off his head. So they asked, why didn't he stab him? He specifically ch- chopped off his head. You know why he chopped off his head? Because Esav was from the Nachash. And a Nachash, a snake, if you cut its body from the tail, it'll keep living. The only way to kill a snake is to cut its head off. Esav was born with a tattoo on his thigh. A birthmark of a snake. That's how he was born. Because he comes from the Nachash. He comes from the Satan. What does that mean? He didn't, he didn't come from the Satan. He came from Yitzhak. You know that? But he, was, he came from the dark side. So, oh, it's not fair, he didn't have Bechira. He had Bechira, he could have been even bigger than Yaakov. And that's what Yitzhak saw in him. Yitzhak saw his potential, and that's what Yitzhak loved about him. Because Esav, Yaakov was Ishtam, yeshiva halam, Sit in Yeshiva, sit and learn all day. The real purpose of a, of a Jew in this world is to take the Hejo, to take the Pseulis, to take the, the, the physical world, and make it spiritual. That is the objective of a Jew. So when you take an apple and you make a boy pray prayer, eights, right? So you're taking something physical and you're bringing it into the realm of spirituality. Yaakov sat in spirituality all day. Yitzchak was in love with Esau because Esau was was of isha And He said, if I can have a child that could go into the world, into this field, into the world, into the physical world, and bring it to spirituality, it's even bigger than Yaakov. Didn't work in the end. Esav didn't do that. He went into the field, but he became a man of the field. But so Yaakov ended up being bigger than him. But he really thought, Yitzchak really thought that if Esav could do that, and that's why Rivka in this week's parsha, Rivka told Yaakov, "Go get the bracha." Now, what was the bracha that 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 he got? It was all physical, it wasn't spiritual. Really, that bracha was supposed to go to Esav. All that. that was supposed to go to Esau, because Asa was supposed to be able to take the physical and make it spiritual. Rifka saw that her son Asa wasn't doing that, but Yaakov was Yoshe Boholem, so he wasn't either doing that. He wasn't taking the physical and making it spiritual. He was making the spiritual spiritual. So she said, go to your father and get a bracha for physical. And that way, if you get a bracha for physical, Yaakov, you'll have the, the, the ability to do what Asa was supposed to do, which he's not... Is to take the physical world and make it spiritual. And Esau was very jealous of Yaakov and said, "You stole it from me." Because Esau knew that his job in this world was to take the physical and make it spiritual. And therefore, Yaakov, why did you take this bracha? This is not why you're here. But Rivka understood that Esau wasn't going to do it, so she gave it to Yaakov, and that's how Yaakov got the bracha. Okay. So. It, it, Right, but it says that 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 a tzaddik that doesn't go out to, to Klai a tzaddik a tzaddik needs to go out, not to just sit in his room and learn. So a lot of tzaddikim people came for brachas and things like that, whatever it is. We we know that um, we know that the beautiful beautiful dvar on the arba minim, the arba minim um, on Sukkah, So you have four minim. You have an esrig, so the esrig goes in the in the man's left hand. Okay. Just the esrig is in your left hand. In the right hand are the other three medium. You have the lulav, and you have the arava, and you have the hadassim. Each one represents a different Jew. The, the, the esrig is inside good and outside good. Right? It, it has a beautiful smell, if you smell the esrig. And inside it's a fruit. So it's a tzaddik. The esrig represents a tzaddik that's inside and out good. That's the esrig. The arava... Doesn't have smell, doesn't have taste. That rubber represents the Russia. Doesn't have anything. The hadasim, so they're inside. They're very bitter, but outside they smell very good. And the lulav comes from a comes from a, a date. So you, you have a Russia, a tzadik, a person who's good on the inside but bad on the good on the inside, bad on the outside, and a person who's good on the outside and and, and bad on the inside. You have all four kinds of people. One guy's a tzadik. Great guy. Other guy's in Russia, bad guy. Other guy, inside is very good, but outside is eh, not so good. And the other guy, outside is amazing, inside is not so good. Those are the four Minim. That's the Lulu. So, what does the Tzaddik touch? The whole circus. What part of the, th- of the three Minim? So the Arava is on the outside of the right side. So when you put them together, the Arava, which is the Russia, is touching the Esri, which is the Tzaddik. And if they're not touching each other, then you're not spelling yud ke, vav ke. The four minim are yud, hey, vav, hey. So if you separate it, you're missing the hey, touching the vav, and it's not good. So the tzaddik has to be touching the russia the whole eight days. Because a tzaddik that's on his own is not a tzaddik. If the tzaddik is not helping the russia, he's not a tzaddik. Being a tzaddik in your house by yourself is not what Hashem wants. It's a very deep Kabbalistic statement that on, I'm sure most of you did this. Hashanah Rabbah, you take the Hoshanas and you whip them up, you knock them on the floor five times. Right? Why? The Hoshana the is the Arava, is the Russia. If the Russia is next to the Tzaddik for eight days, there's no way he's still a Russia. So you take the Russia, and you destroy it and say he's no longer a Russia. And all the leaves are gone. Because that's that's a real tzaddik. A tzaddik has to have an effect on Kleistro. And that's why Noach said, Rashi says, because he was a tzaddik in the teva, but he didn't help his daughter. Okay. So it's very important that we learn from here, it's very important that a person has to be solid. You can't rationalize. If you rationalize, then you're going to start doing a lot of really bad stuff and you'll never do true for it because you actually think that you're a good person. That, like, people, that don't really change, people who rationalize don't change. They don't. Why should they? They feel good about themselves. The form, that that what? The no. Rationalization is not a media. It's something that you... It's a protective thing that, yeah. that people do. It's It's not It's not a media. Rationalization is a it's something that you do. It's like a verb. You're rationalizing. It's, 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 it's an action. Your, your, your mida might be that you're very, you're cheap. You're rationalizing your cheapness. But the actual rationalization is something that a person is doing. Right, solid one way or the other. Not wishy-washy. So it's something that, not washy. So it's something that born left or not born? Left? Or he, 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 right? that's what he dived for. He doubted that they should be, they shouldn't be, because you have to remember that, where, where did Asaph come from? How could Asaph come from Yitzhak? Because the puzzle tells us that Rivka came from these creeps. And therefore it was in the spiritual DNA. And therefore it came out. But, at the same time, he could have been bigger, much bigger. Because they, they were so solid in their hatred that they would have been so much more solid in their love. And Esau had a bigger had a much higher head than Yaakov even. That's why his head got better than Muslim Aqela. But why did they chop off his head? Right? So he says here in the Tagum Unkle Zanizabanaziel, that Shayya that he had the 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 picture of a Nachash. It seems to be it was like a tattoo, but it wasn't a tattoo, it was a birthmark. Now, Amalek, who Mizerah came from, from the children of Esav. He came from the snake, the original snake. Okay, then he says, so, therefore, since he came from the snake, you can only kill a snake by its head. His kaya comes from his, his, what's it called? So the Gemara says, in Saita, When they were burying Yaakov, Esav came to stop it. So Chushim ben Don was there, he was deaf. And he cut off his head. Why did he cut off his head? Because he knew that that he knew that Esav was from the Nachash and the only way to kill him was to chop his head off. Okay. There's a very big thing in Chinuch, in this week's Pasha. It's really very important. How do you have it? How could it be that, and this is a medrash, Tachuma, and it's very hard to understand, but it's very real. So I would never say this on my own, but being that it's a medrash, it's also a medrash in Shir Hashirim, in Medrash Rabba, the beginning of Shir Hashirim. And the question is, how does a Yitzchak and Rivka have an Esav? Bottom line. Even if he comes from Resuel, but they brought him up. So how, how could it be that they, you know, people always think like, how could such a good family have a kid off the derech? What's your question? You're talking about Rivka and Yitzchak. How could they have an Esav? Not, he wasn't only off to Derech. He like did every average you can imagine. So they asked the question. down <laughs> in the Magister. the reason he went off to Derech is because Yitzchok loved him. And he kept his stick away from him, from hitting him. doesn't mean a stick. It means he didn't criticize him. He didn't give Musa Till the point, as should, to, Oviv, Esa, Mises, Oviv. you thought by loving him and not giving him muster, he's going to love you more. In the end, he said, "I can't wait till my father dies because once my father dies, I could kill Yaakov." Yime, avel, aviv, erigur, Yaakov achi. When my father dies, I'll be able to kill my brother. So you thought by being nice to him that he's going to love you more. Just the opposite. He can't wait till you die. But well, Yaakov, but Yaakov. Lamdu Yitzhak did learn with Yaakov. And when he was learning with him, he criticized him and he disciplined him. The the more you give Musr and discipline your child, ben aval of the more your children will love you. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Consequence, consequence, consequence. In our generation, the psychology world, and the whole world says, give your kids whatever they want. Don't ever say no. They want to wear pants, buy them the pants. Whatever they want to buy, they want to smoke pot, buy them the pot. Whatever they want, give them unconditional love. Well, you know how you know if something works? You look, when you do an experiment, you look at the results. How are we doing this generation? Every kid's in therapy, every kid's on Prozac, every kid's depressed, anxious, eating disorders. You cannot get to a therapist. You can't. I call them up and you get that tape. Hi, I'm full. Please call this and this, you know, or hi, if it's an emergency, call 911 and go to your closest hospital. That's what I'm paying you $250 a week for. You tell me to go to the closest hospital. The whole world is cracking up. Can't Psych words are full. Everything's full. So, I am right. well, I have nothing to say. I just want to say that the results of this experiment of unconditional love is really not working. So, just look at the results. It's not a psychology. Is it good? Isn't it good? Kids have to have boundaries, and kids have to have consequences, and you're allowed to say no. Hashem says no. Always get yes. It would be great if Hashem gave you whatever you wanted. No. Everybody would believe in God then. There'd be no atheists. But it's not the way way life works. So Esau, he never mustered Esau. He loved Esau. He never told him what to do. Yaakov got it. Yaakov got it. Why? So I'll tell you something interesting. The kid that's the most like you you like the least because he reminds you of you. The kid that's so different than you, you like the most because it's exciting. It's a new person. Yitzchak sat and learned his whole life. And all of a sudden he has this guy who's hunting. He's got stories. He's coming in from the field. You know what happened today? Yitzchak's like, wow. Look at how exciting Esav is. Rivka came from a house that was very exciting. And all of a sudden she had the son that was, that was sitting and learning the whole time. That was exciting for her. Vayahav, Rivka is Yitzchak, but as Yaakov, Yitzchak is Esav. Because Esav was very different than Yitzchak, and, and Yaakov was very different than where Rivka came from. Even on level, he what? Even on no, Yitzchak thought that Esav would be the man that would take this world right, and make him Kaddish. He didn't know that. Because he kept coming in and asking him all kinds of halachic questions um, and making believe. And this is a very big question we're going to learn. How, how, you don't fool Yitzchak. He like, had So, like, how did that work? But, okay, anyway. So... No. It doesn't say no, I, I don't think so. No. Why does a child have an inclination to kill his parents? So, so, so the so it's brought down. What what, what you're saying is a medrash, and the medrash says the following: Why do you have to give? A, why do you have to give a child a mitzvah of kibbutz of the aim? Shouldn't he love his parents without a mitzvah? And the answer is because Adam did not have a father. Adam only had a child. So Adam was created in his DNA. He didn't have love for a father because there was no father. But, no, that's not the way. Yeah, so he didn't have love for a father, right. So a a child doesn't have love, but Adam was created, he had love for his child. He had no father, but he had a child. So he loved his child, but he didn't love his father because he had no father. So automatically his children, right, didn't have the DNA in them to love a father and mother. Because they didn't have... Adam and didn't have a father and mother. Hashem created them. So it wasn't in their DNA. So we love our children automatically. But you have to give them a mitzvah of Kivot of A'im because they they don't love their children, their parents automatically because Adam didn't have parents. So it wasn't put into him to love automatically. But I don't know about the killing part. I don't know that part. Okay, so anyway... So, so it's brought down in Mishlei: the one who spears spear the rod, spoils the child. That's where it comes from. Okay. Then he says, interesting, um, in the state of Berimaim Chaim, Rabbi Meir Meprim Lajan, who was a famous rebbe, mm-hmm. he had a child that was off the derech, and it was hard for, that, to have a child with such a person like him. He gave him food, and he gave him, um, clothing. Whatever the kid needed, he gave it to them. And he, he loved him. And he would get up every single morning, and he would dive into Akash Baruch Hu, that his child should come back and doing a and, and Hashem listened through Tfila and, and, um, this, this son did Shuva. The same thing happened. He said that Avram. Also gave Musa to Yitzchak, and he taught him Torah, and Yitzchak became Yitzchak. But he didn't do that to Yishmael. I'll tell you an unbelievable story with him and Yishmael. Okay, so he says the following: Yishlulim isah, Shemchaf Adam ben Shnatam and a derech That if a person has a child that went off the derech, Lo Don't don't embarrass him. Don't throw him out of your house. Okay. Try, to be, try to give him chizik and show him a lot of love unless unless he's affecting the other children someone once asked me like they had a kid that was very off the derech and the kid came down to the Shabbos table with his phone and his earphones and his music and he came to sit down at the table with one of those jewel or whatever that thing that they smoke the jewel whatever it was and they said, Ray said, what should we do? I said, he can't come, you, you have to throw him out. You can't, he can't come to the table like that. You have other children at the table and, and he's, he's gonna, uh, he's gonna affect them. But if you, if he was your only child, let's say he was your only child, I would tell you, let him sit at the table, let him enjoy a Shabbos meal. Because if he's not affecting anyone else, you have to give him love. You can't sacrifice another child for him. You're not allowed to. But if he's your only child and he comes to the table and he's watching TV at the table and he's, He's smoking and he, on shabbos, whatever it is, you don't throw him out. You be a him, you give him a lot of love. But there's another kid at the table? No, the parents are not going to go off to derek because the kid's sitting at the table doing, you know, smoking a cigarette. But if there's any other children, you don't have a right to sacrifice other children for that child. And that's what was the big argument that that Sarah Imenu had with Avram Avinu, because Yishmael, Avram Avinu loved Yishmael as much. I can't. I shouldn't say as much, but I think as much. As, yeah, there's a riot of, Yeah, he did love him as much. He loved him as much as Yitzchak. He loved Yishmal as much as Yitzchak. There's a medrash Tanchuma that Hashem said, "As Ben hafta. And Avraham said, "I love, I love Ishmal and Yitzchak." I don't know who you're talking about. So Hashem said, "I have to which the one that you love more. Take for the okay, that's Yitzchak." And he said, "I don't have enough room in my heart to love them equally." So we know from that medrash Tanchuma that he loved Yishmal and Yitzchak equally. So when Sarimaynu said, "Throw him out of the house," Abraham said, no, I'm not. I work on him, we'll make cars in. I'm not throwing him out of the house. And she said, you know what? If it was just you and Yishmael, I, I can't tell you to throw him out of the house. But he's ruining my son Yitzchak. He's taking him to the movies. He's taking him out to, to, the, to do Averis. That you don't have a right to do. Abraham said, I don't know if you're right. I don't know if you're right. I'm going to go ask Hashem. It's a good, person, good, good place to go ask. He said to Hashem, listen, I love my Yishmael. She wants me to throw him out of the house. Hashem said, listen to her, she's 100% right. If it's affecting another kid, you can't have them in the house. If it's not affecting another kid, they could be downstairs in a the basement, they don't come up, whatever. It's not, it's, if it's just your only child, do whatever you have to do. But if it's affecting another kid, you can't do that. Now I want to tell you an amazing medrash, which, we'll end with this, but it's, it's, it's amazing and it's deep, and it should teach us, those who are mothers, those who are going to be mothers, how to bring up your children. So Abraham Avinu threw Yishmael out of the house. Of course Yishmael didn't love him for that. He threw him out of the house and he didn't give him anything. No money, nothing, some water, some bread, whatever it is. And he threw Hugger and he threw him, they both out of the house. And they were, he was dying, Hashem had to save him. He was, he was in very bad shape. So abram Avinu asked Sarimeno, listen, I did what you told me to do. But I miss him, I want to visit him. I want to go visit Yishmael. Listen to what happens. Avram He says, I want to bring you something that's a pella from Pirkei de Rebbe Yerzer. Pirkei de Rabeliezer, it's called. Pirkei de Rabeliezer. He said, So after Avram threw Ishmal from his house, the egg Shachak Avrami you should know that Avram didn't forget his child, Abba Vakra. and he actually went to visit him. Ben Zayin Me When Avram threw him out of the house, he was twenty-seven years old. Shalach Me So Yishmo went on his own and he married a girl from Moav. Now, what was the midah of Moav, everybody? Why aren't we letting marry a Moavi? Because they're kafli Because they don't give people to eat. We went by, we asked for food and water, and they said no. So, all the people Yishmael married, he married a girl from that, from that, from that, uh, nation. What was her name? Isa. Isa Shema. Her name was Isa. After three years, so now Yishmal was 30. Halach Avram Leroy says Yishmael, but no, he went to see Yishmal his son. But before that, Sarah made him swear that when you go to visit your son, you will not get off the camel. Because she knew that if he gets off the camel, he's going to spend too much time with him, and there's going to be trouble of him coming back without Ishmael. But was sorry he swore to Sarah, he will not get off the camel, but she in Ishmal's house. Okay, it took him a half a day, and Avramavinu got to where Yeshmoel lived. And he met this Ya this wife. He said to, he said to her, Where's your Where's your husband, Yishmael? Amaloh, she said to Avram. Holachu vi'imol lehavi Paris tomorrow men a midbar. and his mother Hagar, which was Avram's wife, went into the midbar to collect dates. Amaloh, so Avram Avinu said to her, to Ida, Tnili lechem mayim. Could you give me a little bread and a little water? Ki ayefa na'vshim I'm very hungry. I'm very thirsty. I just went through the desert. Amalay, she said to Avram Avinu, Ein lechem ve'Ein mayim. I have no bread, I have no water. She's from Moab. Amalo, he said to her, Okay. When Yishmal comes back, my son, please tell him the following message. Tell him an old man came from Israel to see him. Tell him that in the end, this house that you live in is going to collapse. Just give him that message. What does that mean? He was saying that the woman you're married to, because the person's house is his wife, that she's no good. She didn't give him to eat. This is not what I brought you up. This is not Yishmal that ran to give the Malachim to eat. So when Yishmal came back, his wife gave him the message. He was an old man from Canaan, and he said that our house is going to collapse. Immediately, Girash as Ishtai, he divorced her. He understood what his father's message was that this girl is not for him. So his mother now went and found a new girl, and her name, I guess, was Petuma. What was her name, Petuma? Okay. So, he didn't get to see Ishmael. Ishmael was out, he left a message, Ishmael divorced his wife. Another three years went by. I guess every three years. but no, he went again to see his son. and he swore to Sarah. He's not going to get off the camel. It took him a half a day. and he met the new wife, Petuma. With your husband? He went away with his mother Hagar, and they're in the and they're in the desert. Um, Shepherding their camels. Amaloi, Amaloi, said to this new wife, Give me a little water and bread. I'm very, I'm very tired. She took out bread, she took out water, but she gave it to him. Amal Avram, Avram got up. He davened for his son. And Nishmol's house from then on was full from all the brachas that Abraham gave him. When Yishmael came home, she told him that this old man came from Eretz Canaan, he gave a blessing, and now the house is all full of all kinds of goodies. Yishmael realized that his father didn't forget him and was worried about him. Now listen to this. Now listen to this. It's not understandable. That he didn't forget his son. We see he went twice to visit him. Now, here's the part. He gave him Musa. One second. You threw him out of your house. And now you're coming and telling him you don't like his wife? He's going to care what you tell him? You threw me out of your house, now you're telling me about my Shidduch? You don't like, she didn't give me to eat. You don't like, she didn't give me to drink. What's it your business? You threw me out of your house. And we see that Yishmael immediately divorced her. So he took Musa from his father, who threw him out of his house. He said, it's a pella. It's a pella. Well, anyone in our generation, parents throw you out of the house, and they tell you, oh, the girl you're going with, oh, she's not good for you. Get out of my life. Throw me out of my house, and now you're telling me Musa? Nobody would ever listen to something like that. you Yishmol, Yishmol. Listen to his father. We should learn from this. An unbelievable Mussar. When Yishmol realized, and I spoke about it this week, to parents, when Yishmol realized that his father loved him, he did tshuva. And we know that Yishmol died at tzaddik. Why did he do tshuva? Because his father came to visit—a big deal. But his father said, "Listen to me. Your house is going to collapse. She's not giving anyone to eat. It's not going to be a house with bracha." Disciplining your children and giving them the right message means you love them. A Rav Avidu should have just left and said, "Okay, it's not my business. I threw the kid out of my house. I'm not going to tell him who to marry." Everyone said, but it's my child. And if he's, got, if he's going to continue doing this, he, his house is going to collapse. A house without chesed. So even though he probably hates me, I have unconditional love. What is unconditional love? This is the mistake of our generation. Everyone thinks unconditional love means that you give the kid whatever he wants. That's conditional love. Why am I giving you whatever you want? Because I want you to love me. Because I'm scared. If you ask me for something, I don't give it to you. You're not going to like me. You're not going to talk to me anymore. So I'm giving it to you on the condition... That you love me. If a kid would say, I don't care what you give me, I'm never going to talk to you and I hate your guts, you're not giving him anything. They have these drugs and these people now that are saying, like, you have to, even bad stuff they want, you have to buy it for them. If it's traits, you have to buy it for them, all this stuff. What are you doing to the kid? You're hurting him. That's conditional love. Why am, if you're asking me to buy you a tray for Frank and I'm a from person, why would I buy a tray for Frank for my own kid? Because I want my kid to talk to me and I want my kid to love me. So it's on the condition, that's not unconditional love. It's on the condition that because I'm doing this for you, you're going to talk to me and love me. What's unconditional love? Even if you don't ever talk to me again, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to do something you may not like and you may not talk to me. I just had the story before I came to this year. I'll tell you a story that just happened. Mom was driving to this year. There's a girl who came to a rabbi and she told him about a terrible thing that happened to her when she was young. And she said, you cannot tell this to anyone. You cannot tell this to anyone. And he said, okay, I won't. And if he doesn't tell this to anyone, if he doesn't get her into therapy, she will end up probably hurting herself or leaving this world. It's mamish pekuach nefesh, what happened to her, and she doesn't have a therapist, and he needs to get her to a therapist, but her parents won't let her go to a therapist. And I said, you need to call the parents, and she said, the first thing the girl said when she walked in is, you know, I'll tell my parents what I told you. I said, listen to me. You need to tell her parents. But she will never talk to me again. I said, who cares? This is not about friends. This girl's life is in danger. But she's not going to like me anymore. I'm like, that's not unconditional love. Unconditional love means I'm going to save your life even though you'll hate my guts and you'll never talk to me again. Conditional love is, oh, if you like me, I'll do it. So what we look at as unconditional love is the most conditional love. I'll give you whatever you want as long as you shut up. As long as you behave, as long as you love me, as long as you talk to me. That's how i on condition. Unconditional love means, I don't care how much you hate me, I'm going to take care of you. It's about helping you. It's not about your relationship. Like, Of course I want you to like me. But if you're going to hate me because I saved your life, hate me. Don't ever talk to me again. The main thing is that I saved your life. Aram Ramavino comes to you, Shmuel, he threw him out of the house, and now you're telling him, get rid of your wife? It's unconditional love. Yishmo, you don't want to ever talk to me again and you can't believe that I'm giving you musr? Be it, but get rid of her. And Yishmo was able to see that. And he was able to see through that. And he did shuva. And he died by doing, with, after he did shuva. So he says it inside. Isn't that Rabbi Wallerstein's psychology and why, unconditional love means sometimes saying no. And I know you're not going to like me for it. On my way here tonight, even as I'm parking, there's a girl, and she's probably listening. And she calls me all the time. And she's very angry at Hashem. And she's in a very bad place. And I keep trying all everything, just by phone, and it doesn't work. And I'm being so nice. And I'm listening so much. And she's getting worse. So tonight I decided, you know what? She's not going to like me anymore. And maybe she'll never call me. And I said, it's enough. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. I said, I went through stuff. I was in third grade. I know it's painful. And I know you're not going to like me. And I don't care if you like me. But you know what? You're laying in your bed day and night. You're pointing fingers at Hashem. You're not doing anything with your life. Get out of your bed. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. And get out there and help kids, and get people to smile, and stop feeling sorry for yourself. Because you know what? You probably have a right to feel sorry for yourself. And you'll die after 120 years, and you felt sorry for yourself your whole life, and you were depressed, and you did nothing. And you're going to hate me for saying this, because it's much nicer if I say, I hear you, I feel bad for you, stay in bed, it's okay, it's not your fault, but what am I doing for you? It's already three months we're talking, and you're in bed a whole day. So tonight I got mean, and tonight I said, it's enough. It's enough. Get out of your bed. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Get out into the world. Help people. Smile. Hashem is giving you life. And I was very rough. She texted me about two minutes before I walked in and said, call me after this year. Come to a certain point where you got to push someone even if they won't like you. I have a relative that's uh, that's a PT. It's the worst job you could ever get. OT, you can handle a speech, you can handle... Physical therapy, you go into a place and, you, and, and, and you're telling this person right after an operation, okay, get out of bed! I'm like, I'm not moving. I'm not moving. Get out of bed. Because you've you got to do physical therapy. They don't want to do... Oh! You're killing me! And this girl, right? You're a girl and you're nice. And you're like, I don't want to kill them. But if you don't kill them, right? And then... A month later, when they're walking, and Baruch Hashem, they're walking after the operation, they're like, I had the best PT. She pushed me. She was a drill sergeant. She, I don't even want to use the word that you use. She went, but you know what? Look, I'm good today. And the one that doesn't push, the guy's still laying in bed, he can't move. So, so what, what'd you do for them? Unconditional. They like you. So the one in the bed likes you, but meanwhile, you can't walk. So here, Abraham Avino said to uh-uh, uh-uh. I threw you out of the house. You may hate my guts, but I'm going to tell you what's right and what's wrong. And if you don't want to ever talk to me again, don't ever talk to me again. And the opposite happens. So it ends like this. After he sent them out of his house, Al because Hashem said so. He visited him two times. He gave a musar. But was like the ha the garrison Ishtai, and he pretty much told him to divorce his wife, the Kathasa, who Musser Hasechel Godal. He said, Shul Basai Khat Ishmael bi bit shuva. In the end he did shuva. What? Who's saying this isn't the uh the safer place Hatera? And it's coming from Take the Rebel Yazir. Very holy. Sashteh, everybody you got to say it the way, the way it is. The, great, the greatness is not only on Avraham Avinu here. The greatness is on Yishmael. It's Mashma from here that Avraham knew how to bring up his children. That Yishmael listened. Another kid wouldn't have listened. But he knew that his father loved him. How did he know his father loved him? The main thing here was that he realized my dad didn't forget me. He came to visit me. I wasn't there. He came to visit me. I wasn't there. But when he was there, he sent me a very important message. And Petuma, the word "patuma," her name, Petuma means to stuff. So her name was a person that gives food. The other one was from Moa, was not to give food. You don't have to be scared to, to, to this, even though it's abusive to tell your child no. It's abuse. Put- Many times it's abuse to tell your child yes. Not to tell your child no. Many times it's abuse to tell your child yes. Because children need to know their boundaries. And and if you give them everything, then when they get married, they expect from their wives everything. And when they have a job, they expect everything from their bit, from their boss. And they're gonna have a miserable marriage, they're never gonna be able to keep a job. What what, what are you doing? What do you being mechanic then for? So I say experiment is failing huge. And when I grew up, we did not have this at all. And you can say it's different times. What does it mean, different times? What does it mean? What it means is that in our day and age, if you discipline and you say no, you're a bad person. Times didn't change; the psychology changed. Times changed. Also. What does that mean? It, 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 it with we that it oh, we did We did I didn't have problems. I like oh, not like today. You want me to tell you my problems? I, I know. <laughs> they were not what. Oh, what? I I had a I had a phone. I had a car. I had a bicycle. I had rollerblades. I had nothing. nothing. What, what are you saying? But on the good side, but on the good side, they have so much. There was nothing, there, no the and, and there was uh, there was no bad stuff going on when we were growing up. Not like now. There was different bad stuff. Nothing like that. My parents, nothing my parents came bad. out of the Holocaust. What are you yes. saying, bad stuff? You want bad stuff? I give you bad stuff. My mother-in-law. Sat at, at a BCA, my high school, Shabbaton. She came to my house. And I had a Shabbaton in my house. My high school, right? And all the girls were sitting there, whatever, they went through their trauma, they did. And some of them were smoking. She's a from lady who went through the Holocaust, who walked, who walked from, who was, who was marched from Poland to Siberia and lost everyone on the way. Okay? And she ended up in, 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 in the worst of the worst. And, and, and so I had my Shabbaton and there was some girl smoking in the back. And, and she said like, what's going on here? And I said, I said, Bobby, call her Bobby. I said, Bobby, you have to understand they went through trauma. <laughs> and she looked at me like I was from Mars. Oh, they went through trauma? What's their trauma? I said there was some abuse. She goes, Abuse? do, do you know what, what they did to us, the the, the the soldiers? Do you know what we went through in the Holocaust? They they're feeling sorry for themselves? She goes, We didn't feel sorry for ourselves. We said to heal 'em. We didn't take a cigarette, we didn't smoke on Shabbos. She said, you want trauma? I lost everything. I lost everything. Everyone died. She said they were laying on the side from diphtheria and other things, skeletons and and dead people all over the place. She said, I feel sorry for myself. I feel sorry for myself. And you know what? If the Holocaust generation didn't pick their heads up and get out of bed in the morning and go to work, all of us wouldn't be here today. So I don't know if the times changed. We spear the rod and spoil the child. And and we don't know how to say no, and therefore our, our our children don't have boundaries, and it's very hard. It is very hard. It's not. It's it's. I don't know about the times. I think it's just. Of course, Yitzhakara. I'm not talking about Yitzhakara. I'm talking mental health. I'm not talking about doing virus Yes, it's much easier today to do an Avera than I was growing up, because you have an iPhone. You can watch anything. You can do anything. You can talk to a girl. For us to talk to a girl was a whole knife. so You have to go to the woods, and she was at on one side of the window, and this and that, and 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 and, and I, the worst thing we did, the worst thing, I was in camp, I was, I had a day off right in camp and we were like really bad guys on a day off, so we went to Swan Lake and the girls from the girls camp went to Swan Lake, but you couldn't talk to them, so we took our boat, our little motorboat, and we went around their boat and made waves, that was it. <laughs> that was like, whoa! We shook them up, couldn't talk to them, we'd get kicked out of camp. So that part, yeah, it's a horror part, you're 100% right, that changed drastically, it did. It changed drastically. Today, it's not normal you say one word Lush and Hara on what, on, on, on one of these things and a million people see the Lush and Hara. That's for sure. On was we didn't have this challenge. I, I was not challenged with... They didn't have movies. There was no movies. We they going to see a movie. Uh, as kids, we had a television that you had to get up and change the channel. There was no remote. That's how far I go back. It was black and white. The Wizard of Oz was in black and white. They colored it later. And you had to get up and change the channel. And guess what? Television went off at what time? At midnight, no mo- There was no channels till seven in the morning. Every channel would just have the American flag waving. Can you imagine a thing? From <laughs> twelve o'clock till seven in the morning, no channels. There was no channels. There was no. There was no movies. We. There was no. I lived in Muncie. They had a drive-in movie, right? So, right. I have to admit that we were we were troublemakers. They had a drive-in movie. drive movies, is a big movie screen. And then everyone parks their car, you know, all the gulliam. And then they have this, like, microphone you put in the car, and you sit in there, and you eat, and you watch this big, huge screen. We cut out of Yeshiva one night, and we said, we want to go see the... I don't know what it was. Godzilla. It was like like a monster movie, whatever. And so... But but we didn't have a car. So we stood all the way in the back. We stood... We oh, stood, yeah, we didn't have a car. So all the cars were parked. We stood all the way in the back. And we didn't have sound, because we didn't have a car. And you have, to, you have to pay. So we watched, the four of us watched this movie, but we had no sound. <laughs> so on the way back to Yeshiva, we were all arguing what they were saying. And Godzilla, was anyway Chinese, whatever it was. And I was like, no, that guy was screaming. He, no, he wasn't screaming. And like, four guys watched the movie, and all four guys had a different movie. Okay? <laughs> it was a drive-in, you had to walk, you had to do. And I remember she was going to call me. I heard what you said. I knew you guys touched later. But whatever, I hope he doesn't hear the share. But... <laughs> Today, yeah, there's no comparison. That roof, you no, know, to do an Aveira today, is so much easier. There's nothing to talk about. But as far as being brought up, our parents, our parents went the Holocaust. They went through the greatest traumas in the world. So, it, it's just a, it's just a world of, of you're now allowed to say no. And you know, a slave, slave, the one word he can't say is no. A free person. Can say no. A slave has to say yes all day. Yes, master. Yes, sir. Yes, master. Yes, sir. Yes, master. The word yes is for slaves. The word no is for free people. So you're going to be a slave to your children, and everything's yes, and a slave to everybody, everything's yes, and you're a slave. Being free is the ability to say, Sheikh Allah, you have to earn it. There's a consequence. What a terrible word. That word doesn't exist. There are no consequences. Consequences? Chasrisham. Chasrisham. A consequence? Yeah, you're not allowed to have a consequence. That's the basis. This, this is a very important Torah on Yishma, because, because Avraham Avinu brought up his child, even after I threw you out, if I give you Musa, he listened to him. But the word that he says in here, which is, we have to leave with, is that Yishma realized that his father didn't forget him, and therefore he did Yishma. Every child, no matter how off the they are, no matter what they are, they need to know that you love them, and that you're thinking about them all the time, and you didn't forget them. And that's what brought Yishmael back. What brought back Yishmael is... I didn't meet my... He didn't meet him. He went twice. He didn't meet him. But he left him a message. That I love you. How did he leave him a message that I love you? Tell over what I told you, he told his wife. Tell him that you're no good. She didn't realize what she was saying. Tell him that I still care enough to tell him that your house is going to collapse. That's what brought Yishmael back. Knowing that his father still cared. How did he know his father still cared? Did he leave him roses? No. His father told me a message. Gave me discipline and told me what I need to do. And that means a person loves somebody else. And that's unconditional love. Because he didn't know Avraham. Yishmael could have said, <laughs> you, come, you came to me and you gave me Muslim, Don't ever come back again. He didn't, he didn't know what Yishmael was going to do, but he felt, I can't let him. Chesed, I, I, I taught Yishmael to run to give them a to eat. And now he has a wife that says, I don't have bread and I don't have water. This is not going to work. And that's what brought Yishmael back. So Ruth is right. It's a very tough world today, and we need Mashiach, and Mashiach will make it a very good world. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com.